We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. I'm Bart Winkler. It's the Bart Winkler Show. Uh, hopefully you know that by now if you're here. If you're not, uh, well, whatever. I don't know what I'm saying. Who cares? I'm just so happy. I get to see my friend Toby Altizer again. Toby, who has recently moved to the DMV. Uh, I was on with Toby Monday night on 106.7 The Fan. That's right. Toby, you're, you're killing it. I mean, I don't have CBS Sports Radio gigs like you, so... I'm not heard nationally, but I am heard in the DMV area. So, you know, working my way up. Uh, at some point, I want to be like you, but haven't quite reached that pinnacle yet. So this is going to be a little weird week for me. Uh, this is coming out on Tuesday. And so if you're listening to this before 9 Central, uh, I'm, I'm going to be on the radio 9 to 11 Central every day this week on CBS Sports Radio. Now, with CBS Sports Radio, it's actually – you know, the nights and weekends that I think are heard more. I'm on more stations nights and weekends, especially like that Saturday block. You know, I, you know, all of a sudden I'm on the score for two hours in Chicago or, or wherever. I never quite know where I'm at. It's kind of weird, but on the weekends, 105, the fan, whatever, what, what, what we call 1250 AM, the fan, they do, they don't air CBS sports radio. They air BetQL. <laughs> and I told Sparky, I said, I'm going to be on. He goes, well, we air back you out. Okay. But this week, I will be on the fan in my old slot nice. from 9 to 10 and then another hour. So I'll be on just like I would be uh, back in the day. It'll be a national show. Now, the so question is sit and talk about Giannis. The but, question yeah. is, is it going to be like a regular 9 a.m. slot where we're just slogging along? And trying to get to the ten o'clock hour to to finish up and go home, or are we uh, are we gonna get rolling right there at nine o'clock? No, I, I plan to I plan to do nothing but my best because these are only two hour shifts I'm doing. These are two hour shifts I'm doing. the The guy, the producer uh, Tom, he comes up with a buy or sell every day. Nice. We'll probably do one interview every day. So I just need to come in there and do four segments. Easy peasy, man. Easy peasy. And what I'm going to start with on Tuesday's show is the XFL. <laughs> and I started, I, I talked some XFL over the weekend on CBS because I, I love spring football. You know this. I, the, the, I It's going to be crazy in April, middle of April, the USL, UFSL. USFL. I love it so much. Yeah, I love it so much. The USFL is going to start 
XFL is going to be like in week eight. There's going to be all these games going on. I don't know what talent pool because everybody's already playing in the XFL, so I don't know who they're going to get. But I think that there's a lot with the XFL that I want to see get adapted in the NFL sooner rather than later. Before I get into that, though, you were at the game. Yeah. Uh, you tweeted a picture. Ryan Horvath also tweeted a picture. You guys, I don't think we're sitting that far from each other, were you? No, we weren't. I tweeted a picture from my seat. I was seated in section 118, I believe. Horvy was in 122 or something like that. Wow. I walked up to my seat, sat there for about five minutes, and then walked down to the concourse, watched the game from field level because you can see from down there uh, in spots, and then hung out and then found Horvy and sat with him for the second half. So I sat in my seat for like five minutes and tweeted a picture. So it looked like I watched the whole – I didn't watch the whole game from there. I watched like – minimal parts of the game from there but i tell you what dude the atmosphere at audi field was unmatched like i was driving home last night and I what was the it. not that what was the uh attendance i think there was like twelve thousand something like and that. it's like a twenty thousand seat stadium because it's yeah. for dc united play okay yeah. you're driving home so i was trying to figure out like how to explain it because you know i've been to lambo been to camp randall been to some good atmospheres before for football games and I tweeted out it was one of the best sporting events I've been to because, uh, you know, I was I was thinking it and then I was walking back with the crowds through D.C. And the guy's like, man, that might be one of the best events I've ever been to. And, you know, I think the way to describe it is think of like a college atmosphere and how crazy it gets. But get rid of all the nervous energy. Like if Wisconsin's playing a close game at Camp Randall, it's against, say, I, you know, I went to a game against Penn State last year. Think about, or two years ago, think about the nervy energy you get at the end of that game when Penn State's going in to score, Wisconsin's down by a touchdown. There's obviously excitement, but there's a nervous energy. Take all the nervous energy out. No one cares if the defenders win or lose. Well, no, <laughs> like, but that's cool. It's like, if they lose, ah, uh, shucks. But if they win, yeah! Exactly. So take all the excitement awesome. that you could possibly get of 12,000 drunk people and just channel it with no nervous energy. And that's what you got at Audi Field. And I think the field's perfect for it because it's a smaller, intimate setting. The incline for the seats is pretty steep, so it actually makes it seem like you're really right there on top of the field no matter where you're sitting. And then, you know, it's built like a soccer stadium, so it's got the little sunshades or whatever you want to call them over the, the stands on the sides there, so it holds that sound in. I mean, wow. it's really a cool setting to go and enjoy a football game. And I actually want to go see a D.C. United game there now because it's just a cool, intimate setting. The excitement is over the top. Obviously, you got people throwing lemons on the field and doing all types of craziness that maybe won't be happening going forward because they'll probably stop selling those things that have the lemons in them. But one of the best... Yo, how were there so many lemons there? So what happened in this game was... Uh, they have the beer snake. I didn't realize that's why they started throwing the lemons. Well, so you've seen the beer snake now at other events, but they, they did this in DC yeah. when the defenders were there in 2020 And this. Cause there's a section where it's like the supporter section and there's no seats, right? They just stand kind of. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. So then they were doing the beer snake and then they took the beer snake away and then they were mad. So they started throwing lemons on the field. <laughs> and this was at the same time that Seattle was backed up in that mm -hmm. end zone the crowd starts to get crazy and then the DC defenders like start playing better on defense 
And then there's a pick six right into the end zone. I mean, I'm just watching this. It's like, this is a this is the best thing that could have happened. Like of all the times that a spring football league is debuted, you know, and this is where the XFL they play in their home markets, at least the regular season games. That the 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 San Antonio market was crazy. I mean, these these fans care. Again, if they lose, you go on with your life. But it's a place to go have fun and and I think the XFL, like I think. I think coming into the weekend, people are like, oh, the XFL, okay. But I think on Monday, and what I hope to do on Tuesday a little bit is, hey, if you didn't watch this, like, something's happening. You're missing something. Yeah, and I think it's just, it's a cool thing to experience in person. Like, I don't know that, you know, if I'm not going to the games that I would I watch, I'm going to watch every game. Yeah, see, I don't know if I'm going to watch all the games on TV and whatnot. I'll, you know, I'll probably keep up with what's going on. But it's an unmatched experience in that it's different. You know, it's not... It's it's football, which is obviously one of our favorite sports. It's played in a way that is a little bit different with the different rules and stuff. You recognize some of the names, but not all of them. So it's not like your college team. It's not like your pro team where, you know, you know all the guys. Like, I'm out here watching football. I could name a handful of guys on each team. I don't know who – Horvat mentioned to me about 100 times that Kentrell Bryce played for the D.C. Defenders, and that's why – uh the Packers fans should ease up on Aaron Rodgers that this guy was a legit DB for the Packers and now he's playing in the XFL. But that's the kind of thing. Like there's a, a handful of guys, you know, Josh Gordon, Danucci, Jordan Ta'amu, those kind of guys last night. But outside of that, I'm just out there watching football with a bunch of people that are enjoying themselves. And it's a cool product to go enjoy. I think it's a unique experience. It's one of those things that, you know, maybe it can't fully capture everything on TV if you're not one of those people that's because I'm generally one of those people. I'm If it's not the NFL, that's why even sometimes I struggle watching college football is like the NFL is all that really matters to me. So if this guy isn't going to go play for an NFL football team at some point, then I'm probably not going to tune in and watch it on a, a college Saturday. So the XFL wouldn't be my first choice to watch, but going and experiencing it live. It makes it, uh, it makes it a lot more fun. And I think the one thing that they did well that the USFL missed out on, and hopefully they can fix it at some point if they want to succeed, you got to play in the home market. You, you can't gotta. call yourself. That made the, such a difference. You can't call yourself the New Orleans Breakers and play in Birmingham. And I, I forget where they're playing this year, but they're not playing there's in New four Orleans. four markets. I, I, I can look it up, but there's it's, four. I think one's playing, at, like two are playing in Canton, some are playing like in Detroit. But either way, they're not playing at home. But here, even though they might not practice here, because I think all of them practice at a central location, but either way, to call yourself the D.C. Defenders, to play inside the nation's capital, it's cool. It's fun. So for USFL, Michigan and Philly will play in Detroit. New Jersey and Pittsburgh will play in Canton. <laughs> Birmingham and New Orleans will play in Birmingham. And Memphis and Houston will play in Memphis. So three teams are going to play in their home stadium. Yeah, it's just it, you have to you have to incorporate the home markets because otherwise you're just the breakers. You're not the New Orleans breakers. You haven't played a game in New Orleans yet. You know, you're, you're just some random team that claims a city that you know you're not a part of but to to play in the home markets and i think there's just an excitement about watching football at this time of the year and it's an exciting sport and we all love football and we get to experience it at a time we're not used to experiencing it 
with a, a fun atmosphere, some different rule changes, some guys that you know. It, it's a fun sport. I don't know that it's anything crazy, and I think it's fun to enjoy something that ultimately, end of the day, I couldn't have cared less if DC won or not last night, but it's a cool one to celebrate because they did win. April 15th is when the USFL starts. There will be a game on Fox and an XFL game on ESPN2. That is weird. And then the next day, there'll be a USFL game kicking off at the same time on NBC and an XFL game on ESPN. So all of a sudden, yeah, no spring football forever, and now two leagues at the same time. What were, uh, like, rule-wise, if you could take one rule from the XFL or one thing they do, obviously, you know, they they mic up these guys. That's cool on TV, I guess. Yeah. Um, but they're just the NFL's not ever going to do that. And, and like the refereeing X NFL's not ever going to give away the game, but there are some things I think the NFL could start doing as soon as next year. And it would be cool. Yeah. I mean, I think the easiest one to notice right away, cause it looks so weird is the kickoff rule. And like, where is everybody? Yeah, Does that do anything? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much it would change, but it's it's a different thing that I think if you wanted to adapt it a little bit to the NFL, if you wanted to try it, I'm not sure. I'm not a, sure that I'd be 100% on board, but it looks like it would limit injuries. It adds a little more action because you know that there's most likely going to be a return, and that's not the case in the NFL anymore. Unless you're Cordero Patterson, you can take it out from anywhere. Like that, you're Or Keyshawn Nixon, you can take that thing back to the house. There's not that many guys that are returning kicks anymore. So I think you could add some intrigue there. I don't know. I think it's cool that they at least have that connection with the NFL, that the NFL can float ideas by them and say, hey, try this out, see if people like it. And, you know, I think the XFL is going to continue to do that with various rules. I'm, I don't know that I'm on board with the one, two, three point. Oh, conversion. I love that. Yeah. I, I mean, Get the, rid other, of the extra point. The other one that people like, and I don't know if I'm on board with yet, but the fourth and 15 idea. Love it. Although I, it feels like it might be too easy. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like there's a reason that the onside kick is hard. It's because you're down by multiple scores and but you should just game, be able to come back right away. So who won the game? Who, who does uh, McCarron play for? St. Louis. So there was like three minutes left. They're down nine. Usually you're down nine. You're screwed. Yeah. But they were able to score, get a three-point conversion. Uh, they eventually, but then they were still down. Maybe they're down 10 or something. But they were, they, and then they were able to do the fourth and 15 and they won the game. Mm-hmm. So it just, it keeps the, I, I don't know. I, I think that like the onside kick, nobody ever gets an onside kick. No, I think there's ways that you could change the onside kick, but I'm also not in favor of like, Imagine if your team is ahead in the NFL by 10 points. Well, then don't blow it, Toby. Play defense. I get that, but don't make it easier for the, you know, right now, if you're down 10 points, like with the two minutes to go, there's this slim chance they score and then they get the onside kick, but it's a slim chance. Don't make it like, I mean, can you imagine if you're playing the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes has a fourth and 15 for an onside kick, so to speak, and that's all he has to get? I mean, it's not like he's going to compete pleaded 70% of the time, but the what one, two, 3% onside kick now jumps up to 15, 20%. If you're going up against an elite quarterback, I mean, I guess there's added excitement and there's more intrigue to, and more incentive on scoring a lot of points. If you're in the NFL, cause yeah, if that's so the case, better. you got to keep going. You can't just sit on a 10 point lead. Cause 
you know, they can get the ball back and then get it back again with the fourth and 15. I'm not quite on board with that yet, but I think it's interesting that they're at least trying different things. And I'm sure some of the stuff that people like and cling on to, we'll see in the NFL in the next couple seasons. Toby Altizer, you are missed. We miss you. What do you uh, love the most about DC? When I was there, it was cockroaches everywhere. Is that still a thing? <laughs> uh, I don't know that I've seen. All and I, that. hey, 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 I don't mean Congress. <laughs> uh, it just feels. Except I do. What? It, it feels cool because I've, uh, I don't know that I talked about this a whole lot with us, but I've had the opportunity to kind of travel all over the world with my mom's job growing up and everything. So I've been to different cities, London, Sydney, Australia, places like that. And it's cool to walk around and explore big cities. It's kind of cool because as much as I wanted to claim that I was a DMV guy, I didn't grow up. I grew up like an hour and 15, hour and a half away from DC. So we'd go there a couple times a year, but nothing too crazy. It's kind of cool going into DC every day. You know, I'm sitting at Audi Field and I look out and there's the Capitol Dome or, you know, walking back last night, you got the Capitol, you look to your left, you got the Washington Monument. It's cool to be in the city again. And instead of experiencing a city like a Sydney or a London where it's like, oh, it's cool to see this place, but I'll be here for another couple of days and then go home. Now it's kind of cool to walk around a city that's my own that I, I can uh, you know appreciate. You know, it's cool to do that with Milwaukee, but that wasn't as much of a home as being here in D.C. So it's, it's kind of cool with all that. Well, it's because you basically lived in Madison. <laughs> you were so far away. <laughs> I didn't basically live in Madison, but I mean, I probably lived closer to Madison than I did Milwaukee. But hey, I enjoyed Milwaukee. There's, I have no ill feelings toward Wisconsin. And there's times that I, I do really miss Wisconsin. Those times Carl's are very place? often. You miss Carl's place? I do. I do. I wish. I don't know that my ceilings in here are high enough, but I could... Uh, I could take a simulator in here. I could hit a golf ball right through this window over here. Yeah, Carl. Who needs Carl's place? Just hit golf balls at your <laughs> at your wall. <laughs> oh, come on, Carl. Vt.com no, backslash Bart. Yeah, I would take one of those simulators. I just don't have the cash. Gotta, I'll tell Carl just to send you one as a housewarming. Yeah, yeah. Toby, good to talk to you, buddy. Good to talk to you, and uh, it was good talking to you last night on on the radio. It was awesome. That was the best, the best hit I've ever done. You want to recap slash preview what we're going to talk about? (laughs) Uh, No, it was too good. If you missed it, you're screwed. (laughs) Thanks, Toby. See ya. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Thanks to Toby Altizer. Killing it in D.C. already. You guys going to be a star. Another one of my guys heading out to D.C. How about that? It's great that we picked the D.C. Defenders. And then Horvat and uh, Toby got to be at a game together. Man, that is cool. And I am jealous. You know what they should be jealous of? How close I am to the physical brick-and-mortar Happy Place Hemp. HappyPlaceHemp.com. The promo code is BART. I can stop in there. I think Tim Shea is going. He might have gone there yesterday. I'll have to talk to uh, what Shea you. But they are located in Muskego College Court. Otherwise, I mean, the guys in D.C. or wherever or wherever you are, you can just go to HappyPlaceHemp.com and type in the promo code BART. 25% off your order at HappyPlaceHemp.com. We are talking every single thing they have is available to be used with the discount. 25% off. B-A-R-T is the code. Whether it's the gummies, the tinctures, the uh, creams, the pet thing. <laughs> I, Tim used that one. I I, don't, I can't really speak to that one. Tim used that. I can speak to the nighttime gummies. been using those uh, really consistently since I uh, got with these guys, the CBD, CBNs. And the, the Delta 8s, Delta 9s, the THCOs, some of the other ones, I do try to, you know, instead of spending nine bucks on a coffee or whatever, uh, pop a THC mango. Uh, you know, they, they help a little bit focus. I mean, it's not, it's not like buying a $9 coffee, but it helps uh, kind of focus a little bit, especially actually more late in the afternoon is when I, when I take those. So, again, it's a, it, it can be a trial and error for you see how they affect you, see what uh, they do to help. And that's why the sampler packs are great. You can get there, you know, not a big cost to that. And they can ship it to your house for free. And then you can find out what you like, what works for you, and then maybe order some more. And you still get the 25% discount the next time and the next time and the next time and the next time, so on and so forth. So again, our thanks to those guys at happyplacehemp.com, promo code BART for 25% off. Talk some XFL there. And some rule changes uh, that that the XFL is doing different than the NFL. And this is one of the things that I brought up on Saturday on CBS Sports Radio was the MLB rule changes. And there's a lot of them. So on Thursday night, as I was prepping for Saturday's show, I saw on the MLB Network there was an hour-long show, really. It was MLB tonight doing a show on just the rule changes. And, of course... They were going to basically give it to you as propaganda as to here's the rule changes and here's why this is going to be a good rule. They, they want these rule changes to make the game more enjoyable, to speed up the game, and to provide more action in the game. And Theo Epstein, who's a consultant now with baseball, Major League Baseball, you know him from the Red Sox and the Cubs, the, the streaks, the curses that he helped break. He says, I kind of feel guilty because how we got good was – doing some of these things. And I think maybe analytics can be the word that you throw out there. Analytics, you know, so teams start to do things more, whether it's launch angle or the shift. There was a stat that the MLB network showed in 2017, the shift was used on about 20% of at bats. One out of every five last year, it was over 60. The shift is being used more. The defensive shift is being used more than it's not. And that's the big one right away that I've always argued to keep in the game. Because I don't think that you should be able to... I I like that games evolve. 
and the strategy of the game evolves with it. So if the defense is doing something that they found can benefit them, well, then I think it's up to the offense to figure out how to counter that. A lot of times we'll see the shift and we'll say, we'll just hit it the opposite way. Well, it's getting harder for these guys to do that. One thing that I talked about, Matt Snyder had joined me from CBS and I said, the game of baseball, like look at the game of baseball 20, 30 years ago, certainly 50, 60, 70 years ago. It's not, it's the same game, but the human race has almost perfected it. Baseball, it's, you, you throw a ball, you get a hit, where does it land? Now everybody's hitting them so hard. The eyes are so well-trained that they're not going to take a pitch unless they can get a home run off of it. They're not going to waste their time on any other single or whatever, sack bunt or whatever. The pitchers are so dominant, 100 miles an hour. So the three true outcomes, it's walk, strikeouts, and, and home runs. Because of the batter discipline, how good these pitchers are and where the defenders are being positioned. Now they're going to change that. For the infielders, you got to keep two on each side of second base. You can still move outfielders around, which teams might do, but then that's going to open up a huge gap in the outfield. So we'll see how how that gets corrected or how much that gets enacted, you know, when teams do it at what situation. But basically, they want to see they want to see more action. They want to see more singles, doubles, and triples. And they think that the shift being taken away will provide that. And I think it will. And I think I'll ultimately end up liking it. I I don't really like that. You have to tell people where they can and cannot play. Like in basketball, you got the five guys, one's a center, but he can be anywhere. I guess in football, you have to have so many people on the line of scrimmage. So maybe I can think of it that way. But I'm against the, the main reason I'm against the shift is because the people that are against the shift just are like against, they're just like, they're against change. Uh, this is analytics, numbers, nerds. Nah, I want my baseball played how it used to be played. Well, it can't be because they're too good now. That's, that's where I think they're too good. Humans are too good. Baseball is beneath humans now. Too good at hitting, not we, but they. They're too good at hitting and they're too good at pitching. And so a lot of games are going to be three-two, where if the pitcher makes mistakes, it's going to be a home run. And that that that's that's the game. So I don't like that. The I don't even want to say old. I I just I don't. The unwilling to understand crowd is going to get what they want, but ultimately I will probably like it and i think it will be better i was watching this special like i said and they kept showing at bats from the world series and if you look at it from the camera that shows the batter you see bryce harper poke one into the gap you see kyle schwarber bloop one into the gap you see from that angle you're like oh that's a hit let's go but then they show the other angle the other camera angle of the defenders and yeah there's a guy positioned right exactly where he needs to be not even for it to be a great catch but just to fall into his glove and that's the other thing. You're not seeing great defensive plays anymore. Like an Ozzie Smith would not they, – they can't be an Ozzie Smith in today's game because you don't need that much range in the infield anymore. Sometimes, sure, you make a play, but it's not as needed. So I think, I think banning the shift, 
the infield shift, I do think will help baseball. So I can be okay with that rule. There's some other rules that they're enacting this year. Using position players, you have to be like down 10 or up eight. So they're really restricting when you can use that. They are still doing the runner on second permanently in extra innings, which again, it's another concept I'm not super about, but when I watch the games, it does make it more exciting. Blocks are going to be called more. Keep an eye out for that. And then the bases are a little bit bigger, which I think that that might be a change we don't really notice until we notice it, if you get my drift. Maybe more steals. Uh, I think it's a safety measure more than anything, which is probably good, uh, to be honest. The, The rule that I really need help with is the pitch clock. And they did this in, in AAA, and they did this in the minor leagues. So th- it, it worked okay there. Baseball feels like they saw it enough. And this is why you want to watch spring training. Yeah, it'd be great. Hey, warm up with the Brewers today, everybody. But you're going to see these rules be enacted. The pitch clock, I'm going to have a hard time with it. Because I don't think baseball, baseball doesn't have a clock. It's pure. And maybe that's not even the right word, but baseball, it's not, it's an untimed game. The time is 27 outs. That's the time. There's no clock. Now there's a pitch clock in between innings. I hated that. I did, there should not be any clocks. It should be like a casino. A baseball stadium should be like a casino. No clocks. No concept of time. But the batters are taking too long. The pitchers might step off the rubber. The batters, I think that that is getting out of hand where they step out, they do their gloves, they adjust. And maybe if you tell a batter, all right, you get one like timeout to do it per game, that's fine. But these guys are going overboard. So they want to put in a pitch clock. So when nobody's on base, the pitcher only has 15 seconds to throw a pitch. When runners are on base, they only have 20 seconds to throw a pitch. And then hitters, uh, between hitters, 30 seconds to throw a pitch. So essentially, uh, the game's supposed to go faster. Now, it's going to go faster, but that doesn't mean we'll see the stats change or the way that baseball changes. The MLB Network did have a graphic up on this. The time between pitches did change things a little bit. It, it made the game 30 minutes shorter. And it did increase things, but just a little. And this is based on the minor league stats. So in 2022, the year they did it, the batting average was 249, up from 247 the year they didn't. The strikeout rate was 24-4, up from 24-5, or down from 24-5. The runs per game were up from 5-11 to 5-13. So there was a little, maybe one more hit a game. So, I, I see, I don't care if a baseball game's three hours. I really don't. But there should be action in those three hours, and there's not enough of it. So if it's going to only be two and a half hours, as long as we're, we're – that's going to feel like that we're getting more action because based on the percentages, I mean, you're getting the same game just in 16% less of time, one-sixth. I, I, but, but, again, I don't like that there's a clock in the sport. So I'm going to have to watch this. All this stuff I don't like. Eventually I'll watch it. Eventually I'll probably like it. So that was one of the things that we talked about quite a bit uh, on Saturday and may talk a little bit about this week when I fill in for Bill Ryder. The baseball rules are going to change 
Uh, I mean, may- maybe it's not a lot, but it certainly does seem like it certainly does seem like things will be a bit different. The clocks, especially in speaking on baseball, that brings us to the topic of some of our voicemails, 402-915-BART, 402-915-BART. Talked a lot about the Brewers on Friday's show. The $750,000 between Corbin and Matt Arnold. Apparently they have talked about it. Everything's good. Everything's fine. It just, yeah, I get that the process is bad. The arbitration process is bad, but it just seems like this Corbin Burns life change. If he makes 10.7 million or 10 million, probably not, but does it cost the brewers? Like, does it change the brewers whole payroll thing? Probably not. So all you're really doing is looking cheap and a negative PR hit for a fan base. That's already growing quite intolerant. I mean, typically, if you're going to trade Josh Hader and then not make the playoffs, the offseason should be about trying to win the fans back. And uh, Brett and Tosa has mentioned this. They, it doesn't mean they need to go spend a bunch of money. The trades they made, I think, I don't know how impactful they'll be, but I think they improved the team. I'd rather have uh, is it Toro and Winker than Wong. I like Contreras coming over here. So I like the trades for the most part. Uh, it'd be great if they could sign somebody. They signed this new guy, this pitcher that might be available after Summerfest. I don't know. Doing that again. You know, and since it's like you're going to pay $4.5 million to maybe get Trevor Rosenthal, but you're not going to give Corbin Burns your Cy Young winner $750,000, and you're going to blame him for missing the playoffs. Just bad PR all the way around. Uh, so here's Spark Guy on the Carl's Place voicemail line. 402-915 Bart. As we mentioned, Carl's Place with golf simulators. Carl of ET.com backslash Bart. Here's Spark Guy on the voicemail. Hey Bart, Spark Guy here. Uh following up on your conversation about the brewers. Uh listen to the pod, listen to your rant. Excellent. Uh all around. Um, want to clarify one thing. I'm a Cubs fan, but I would be clear on this. I am a big fan of baseball in Milwaukee. I've been to at least five, six hundred games in my life, and uh, it is imperative to me. I want baseball to stay here. I do. Um, the one, I had one comment, one take, and then uh, a question for you. My comment take is this: I know that uh, people at Tim have a history working with the team. Other people know operations. You go on your rant on Schlesinger and everybody else. Those people are per operations, and I get we're incompetence and everything else can happen. My comment is though specifically on Mark Antanasio, specifically. I think often we make a mistake and that these guys are quote-unquote dumb or quote-unquote irrational. Everything he does, I kind of view as rational and try to figure out why is he doing it. I am not going to enter the assumption that he is doing something that he's just foolish for doing. I think everything he's doing is achieving his means. And when the Miller Park Minute guy who was great at had something like, they're late on selling tickets. They're not even trying to do certain things in certain regards. I believe that's purposeful. And it makes me very concerned because the dynamic of it is this. They need 24-plus owners to vote they can move. 23-plus, they expand 24. They need that many people to approve it. And Oakland's going through it now. You drive it into the ground. The, the, the plot of major league is true. 
drive your team and your revenue so far into the ground that it is only plausible that you can move. Um, Mark is going to make all of his money on the equity, not the operations. So keep that in mind. He can sell a team in Nashville or Las Vegas a lot easier than he can sell one in Milwaukee. So that's my take. My question goes to this. Most of everything you said, but I do want more clarity on one comment you made. In passing, you kind of simply just said, I'd rather have a bad owner like Mark who won't move us than an owner that will move us. I agree in principle, but can you explain why you believe Mark won't move them? He's not based here. He has no ties here. He never even moved here. So why are you confident that he wouldn't move them? So great show as always. Take care, buddy. Yeah, I guess I, I don't. I'm not confident he won't move them. I just there hasn't been a thought of moving him or moving them uh, since he's been here. You know, we never really th- we never really think of of the Brewers as being movable. I mean, we know they're movable, but that conversation hasn't come up for a long time. And with this uh, stadium deteriorating again, uh, perhaps it does. And we're going to have to go through all of this again. That's why that part of American sports is bad. And I I don't think we think about it enough or we don't want to think about it enough. I don't want to think about it enough. I don't want to think that my favorite team that plays a game is really just a business venture from some guy. I don't, I don't like that. You can just swoop in, grab a team, and move them. And that was a big reason why, you know, Selig didn't want to sell to someone that would move the team. Hell, the, the Bucks owners could move the team if they wanted. They're not from here. Although Alex Lazary, he's staying, doubling down, which is fine. So, you know, we're all attached to these teams, but they're not. If you're going to sell, cutting costs. You know, not, not, I don't know. I, I just assume that he's going to give it to his kids, but then maybe they can move the team. It's just a bad, it's just a bad part of sports. And I don't know if I exactly have an answer for you, spark guy, but it's just a bad part of sports that we don't think about enough and, and why we should be more thankful that the Packers are what they are. And I know that, I know that other team, like, so I spent $300 on a piece of paper and I call myself an owner. Do I really own the team? You know what I own? I own the peace of mind that the green Bay Packers will never move. I paid 300 bucks for that. If I could pay $300 to know the brewers would never move, I would pay that for the bucks. I mean, that's totally worth it to never have to wonder if your team will move. To never, ever have to wonder. It's totally worth it. It takes so, because that's that's the part of like, you know, we talk about sports and sports talk radio and all the things I've talked about. I want to talk about the games. I want to talk about what the game might look like, what the game looked like. I want to talk about how other players could help my team. I want to talk about how trades will impact in positive and negative. I want to talk about who we could draft. Those are the things we want to talk about rumors and the games. We don't want to talk about, you know, the political aspect of it, the ownership aspect of it. When things happen off the field, it's like, we just want to talk about sports, but there's so many other things that, that happen. And to not ever have to talk about the Packers owner, you know, so what would things be different if they had a different owner? You know, what we never have to worry about them moving. 
And I, I do think that is a huge, huge benefit that I'm not sure other fan bases quite grasp. And, and I would certainly pay $300 for, for either team, Bucks or Brewers, just to know. I don't have to worry about that. Even when it's like, hey, we'll give you as long as you, we'll give you money as long as we tell you that the lease is going to be through uh, 2047. I mean, they're still, I don't even like that. Forever. As long as there's baseball, there's the Milwaukee Brewers. We don't know that. As long as there's football, there's going to be the Green Bay Packers. That we know. And that, to me, is worth it. The Sean O'Connell called about the Brewers. Sean, I'm finally getting around to you. Uh, Appreciate the voicemail. This was last week. Hello, Bart Winkler. There is Brewer news. One, Eric Thames has announced his retirement, which um, should we should take note. There was a time when we thought he was going to hit perhaps 80 home runs in one season. And boy, oh boy, those were some good old days when we could watch the ascending Brewers thinking that uh, sky's the limit. And one could also, those same Brewer fans, could listen to the fan and hear actual human beings talking about their favorite, favorite Wisconsin teams. So uh, I was able to find some audio of some good friends of yours talking about one Eric Thames. I hope this works. I hope you can hear it well. We, no, we really don't have to rush you back. Then once you get back from Ryan Brown, you thump it. It gets hot again. Guess what, Rumdog? This ain't going to be the last time this shit is getting his thumb fixed. I mean, maybe no, 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 Sean O'Connell pulling up audio. Did you have that on file? I don't. I don't know how you could. How did you? How did you know where to find Eric Thames' audio from the Big Show? Good. All right. Eric Thames was the one guy that would not give me an interview in the uh, on deck show. I don't hold it against him. I wouldn't let myself interview me either. My sweaty face coming around. Man, I just, I do not, I do not miss that part of it. Hey, you get to talk to a baseball player. Yeah, it's the most unorganized thing ever. I should be able to like talk to the brewer. Hey, can I talk to Eric Thames at 345? Yep, you'll just sign up here. Nope, you go up to their locker. They're on their phone. They're not on their phone. They're pretending to be on their phone because they don't want to talk to, what's the station again? The fan? Here's a uh, Brit. Hey Bart, Brit from Merrimack. It's been a while since I called and left a message. Um, I'm sure you're probably done talking about Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff, but just found uh, with a couple of interesting things. So today I was listening to Kurt and Long with your boy Horvat and Sparky, 
which I newly discovered their podcast, and I absolutely love it. First of all, I think it's hilarious when Sparky gets all fired up. Just the best ever. But anyway, um, I didn't realize how big of a Rogers lover Horvat was, so I was kind of, I don't know, annoyed by that. So, yeah, just thought I'd call and drop a voicemail and see what you had to say about Horvat's point of views. Um, like I said, Sparky is super hilarious. I wish he had him on more. Um, there's other stuff I was going to say, but my two-year-old is naked at me, and I can't remember what I was going to say. So maybe I will give you a call back, and we'll go from there. Sorry, this is a wasted voicemail, but we should trade Aaron Rodgers. Thanks. Bye, Bart. Not wasted at all. You got an Aaron Rodgers trade mention in there. I'm totally on board that. You got uh, a plug for Kurt and Long. I'm excited about that. Yeah, Sparky's another guy. You're telling me Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, like who cares about me? You're telling me Steve Sparky Pfeiffer doesn't have a daily home on the radio in Milwaukee. What are we doing? How how was another station that said, hey, what are you doing over there exactly? Come over here. It's just ridiculous. Maybe we sucked. Did, did the fans suck? Did the fans suck? These other... These other like Tim Allen's crawling and begging to get on a post game show. Uh, hello, most passionate audience on any show in town. Gary Ellerson should be on every day. Leroy Butler, I don't know if he wants to, but he should be somewhere. Freems, how the hell is Freems not on Milwaukee radio every day? Maybe we sucked. Either we sucked or Milwaukee Sports Radio is an old boys network and we're all tainted because we're not a part of their network and we hurt their feelings. Which one's probably more accurate? Mm, I said I was going to play nice. Got another voicemail. Look at that. Britt calling back. Britt. Hey Bert, Bert from Merrimack here. I finally remember what I was going to say in my original voicemail last night. Me and me. Um, so I have two questions for you. One question, um, if the Packers, well, the, the Packers need to sign a veteran wide receiver, somebody from free agency, who are your top three picks? I know, um, DeAndre Hopkins has been thrown out there, Corey Davis, T. Higgins, stuff like that, um, just a couple to name. Or even um, uh, free agent tight ends, too. So just wondering what your thoughts are. On your- Let me stop you there. So, um, And then I'll play the rest. T. Higgins could get traded. Corey Davis would have to be traded. Here are the top 15 unrestricted free agents at wide receiver. Are you ready? And I'll start from what Track has for the 2022 average annual value of the salary. So how much they made. Or you know what? Let's go by receptions. Here, we'll go by receptions. We'll go by top, top 10 or 15. I'll just read down the list until it gets painful. Uh, of guys last year by receptions that are free agents this year. Juju Smith-Schuster, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard, 
Mac Hollins, Paris Campbell, Richie James, Greg Dorch, Demarcus Robinson, Marvin Jones, Chris Moore, DeAndre Carter, Darius Slayton, Noah Brown, Jawan Johnson, Randall Cobb. Should I keep going? Free agent market is not good. Let's see for tight ends. Mike Kosicki, Dalton Schultz, Evan Ingram, Bob Tunyon, Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper, Jordan Atkins, Foster Moreau, Irv Smith, Zach Gentry, Brock Wright. Now I'm looking at XFL rosters. So who are my top? Well, I don't think I don't think Ingram leaves Jacksonville. Maybe he tries to get a big, big payday. I don't think Schultz leaves Dallas. They're gonna have to. That's why everybody's mocking Michael Mayer, tight end, Notre Dame to the Packers at fifteen. Wide receiver, yeah. If you could work a trade, that'd be great. But what are you giving up? Um, I, I don't know, man. It's almost like we shouldn't have traded Devontae. And that's why I don't like, again, the Jets, I think the Jets should sign Derek Carr. I want Rodgers to go to the Jets. We don't play the Jets this year. Also, if Rodgers is going to get traded, I don't want him to reunite with Devontae. I think that'd be super annoying. They'd be super douchey about it. I don't think they'd win, so ultimately whatever. But they Devontae forces a trade out, and Rodgers eventually gets there too. That would just be super lame. That would be so lame. Here's Britt. Top picks for that. And then the other thing I was thinking about is <clears throat> if the Packers decide to move on from Aaron Rodgers, which we all know they should, and it's in the best interest of the organization moving forward, yada, 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 all that good stuff. Um, <laughs> how great would it be if they say, hey, Aaron, we're going to go with Jordan. Sorry. We'll trade you to the Raiders, the Jets, whatever. So, you know, they trade them. And then it's draft night. And they draft, uh, I don't know, Quentin Johnson from TCU or the tight end from Notre Dame. What if they just go all out and get Jordan Love, all of these big-time playmakers, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, anything, and they're just jacked all for Jordan Love's first year? Wouldn't that just be a great way to kind of stick it to Aaron Rodgers, like, things through the years? But, you know, you've been quite dramatic the last five or six. This is what we're going to do, and we're going to move forward with Jordan and just give him a better opportunity to start out than they've been giving Rodgers the last four or five years when he, you know, basically stomped his feet, said, I'm not playing for you, and they had to fly out and cater to him and all that crap. Like, what if they just stick it to him? And Aaron Rodgers is, like, at home. He says he doesn't watch ESPN, but he has to watch ESPN or read anything. You know, draft night, and the Green Bay Packers move up to draft so-and-so. Green Bay Packers add another playmaker, so-and-so. Like, how great would that be? Just as a feeling, like, for the Packers organization to say, hey, we're done with you, moving on to newer, younger things. But, oh, by the way, we're just going to stack up all the talents around it and give them every option to succeed. I don't know. I just think it'd be kind of funny. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are. Love the podcast. 
All right. Thanks. Good uh, calls. Thanks for calling. 402-915-BART. 405-402-915-BART. 2278. Thanks to Carl's Place. And uh, Carl of ET.com backslash BART on that. Man, uh, that would be great if the Packers gave Love some weapons. Remember, if Rodgers wants to come back, he wants Alan Lazard back. He wants Randall Cobb back. He wants... Bob Tunyon back. He wants Mercedes Lewis back. Both of those guys are are old and or slow. So, I mean, you can't... If you go out and get a bunch of young... Like, those guys are taking up spots. Not that they didn't have some value or contribute, and we don't know what the Packers would have done elsewhere. Man, I just think this whole thing, like... You go back to the beginning. You mentioned T. Higgins. If the Packers would have just drafted T. Higgins. I mean, one extra receiver to pair him up against Devontae. You don't draft a quarterback. That means you got another pick. That means you're not wasting a third-round pick on DeGuara. You're reaching up for him. I, I know you guys love A.J. Dillon, and I'm glad Aaron Jones is coming back, but A.J. Dillon probably could have been had around later. So it's not just that you drafted Love where you did. You traded up for him, lost a pick. Then because you didn't have that fourth-round pick, you reached on other guys that you wanted, but you didn't have that fourth-round pick, so you had to take him in the third or second. Then Rodgers played so well, got the MVP, didn't win anything, but Packers were too scared to get rid of him because you can't get rid of the MVP. Now he's struggled, so that's another wasted year. Now Jordan Law, I mean, not, it's just it's just, it, they they played this about as wrong as you could. And when Love was drafted, I had said, that this can work, but you have to thread the needle, man. You're you're throwing a fastball, and you have to hit you have to hit the one pipe. Like you have to, it's got to be a perfect throw. And and I mean it's 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 way out of the strike zone, man. This is this is a wild pitch. If any, I think Goody had the right convictions or the right idea. Didn't have the convictions, and Lafleur didn't either. So this whole thing has just been a, an absolute disaster and I don't I don't know how they fix that. Doesn't seem good. You know it is good Omaha steaks. Omaha steaks. $30 off your packages when you get the steaks at Omaha steaks. We're talking some of the most delicious steaks that you will get. It is time for their semi-annual sale as well. Semi-annual means twice, yeah, twice twice a year. Biannual would be every two years. Annuals every one year. Semi-annuals every what? Mm. Can we edit that? Semi-annual, so it's happening now, which means they've got 50% off stake-wide. And by that, I mean site-wide. I read ahead because I'm so hungry. They've got the perfectly aged tender steaks, ocean-fresh seafood, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, decadent decadent desserts. And then at checkout, use BART for the $30 off your order. You know, I often think about my late grandpa. 
I think about would he like that I'm using him in these ads? And I don't know the answer to that. And I may never. But I do know that he used to send my dad Omaha steaks for every Father's Day. And that is true. And that's why I like talking about Omaha steaks. Because it's something that I feel like I kind of grew up with. You'd get that white container on the doorstep, open it up, rifle through all the meat. What can we eat tonight, Daddy? I want the chicken. No, I want the steak. I want the apple tartlets. Put them in right away. We can't wait. We'd send them back to him. And then every so often, maybe it was because of the semi-annual sale. Maybe he was taking advantage of it. It wouldn't be Father's Day. It wouldn't be my dad's birthday. It wouldn't be Christmas. It would just be a random late February. And there'd be a package at the door. It'd be Omaha Steaks. Grandpa, what's this for? Because I love you guys. If you love your loved ones, send them steak. The promo code's BART. Use it at checkout for $30 off when you get one of these packages. $30 off their semi-annual sale today. Promo code BART at checkout. A couple of other things. Uh, I'm not going to like stick around to see what's up with Giannis's wrist. I'm recording this Monday afternoon. I guess maybe if something, if we get a timeline, I'll tack something on to the end of this. But Giannis is going to New York for the wrist. And as I said yesterday, I don't know if it's the biggest deal in the world. I mean, it's not like he's going on the other side of the world to do some, uh, like, exploratory surgery. He's just going where a good doctor is. That's how I look at it. Like people online saying, now he's going to be out for till the playoffs. Like, let's get a timetable first. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you don't want it to be bad, and you don't want their chances to be ruined. Probably takes the juice out of some of the upcoming matchups. Suns are coming here this weekend, so it takes the juice out of that a little bit. But you just want him to be healthy. You want the Bucks to be playing well. And maybe, maybe him being out opens up some spots for other guys, get some run. But what you want is you want you want the team to know what their rotations are and know what their best version of the self is come playoffs. And if Giannis is hurt, that might not hurt that. And they've had to deal with some injuries. Middleton last year, now Giannis. Not uh, not especially great. Uh, a lot of discourse I saw Monday about the All-Star game. How can you make it better? We do it every year. I mean, it is what it is. You know what it is. You're not going to get – look, I know that in 1993 they played defense. All right. Just don't watch it then. I, I don't know. I I, I, I love the all-star game. I think what ruins the all-star game, honestly, is that they don't wear their own jerseys anymore. That's what ruins the all-star game to me. Not the level of play. Yeah, it would have been nice if there was a little more defense and it was kind of just shooting practice. And I don't even need like, because they don't want to hurt each other, but I don't even need like, you know, just stand there. Or maybe in the all-star game, there's no three seconds. You can crowd the paint. I don't know. But, I, like, something needs to change. Who? It's an all-star game. Maybe do USA versus the world. Soccer's done that. Uh, I thought baseball was looking at doing that one time. That could, that could put something on the line. 
Um, I don't know. You could do G leaguers. Someone said make G leaguers out there fighting for contracts, kind of similar to my Pro Bowl idea. But do you want a good game or do you want to see the stars? You want to see the stars play their asses off. That's never happening again. It's never happening again. So we can keep trying to change it. You, you try to change it too much, you're going to get flag football, which was awful. That was awful. I'd rather have the old shit than this. Jim Leonard uh, interview with the Eagles. I guess that's big news. Hip hip hooray. Tomorrow will be the return of Paul Emig. We'll be back. Paul was on a one-month darkness retreat. He will be back. Grant Bills will join us. We'll have that on Wednesday's show. Until then, adios. Catch me on Writer Than You, 9 to 11 a.m. CBS Sports Radio, including 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Actually, uh, we'll slow down here. I uh, I am going to tack on some things because there were some Bucks developments over the course of Monday. I would think uh, one very positive and then one very polarizing. The positive one is that, according to Shams, Giannis avoided serious damage in his wrist after further testing. He could miss some games, but it's an overall sigh of relief for the Bucs uh, and their All-Stars, what he said. Um, that's good. Again, I don't understand what the big hoopla was. Uh, it was worrying for the sake of worrying. I get it. Giannis hurts his wrist. That would be bad. No, Giannis is very bad. Very bad. But I don't think that him going to New York meant anything. It was just that's where the doctor was. So I think there was some overreaction on that. The other, the polarizing news, is that Myers Leonard, who was with the Heat after a long run with the Trailblazers, a big man, he's signing a 10-day with the Bucks. Leonard had an injury, was out of the league, got traded to the Thunder, but really he hasn't played because he was gaming and said an anti-Semitic word. Uh, that got all over the place. He hasn't really played in two years. So I first saw the news. I refreshed myself on the story. I, I, admittedly, I did forget about it. And then I saw immediately, I didn't seek this out. It's just what popped in my feed. I saw him talking to Jeremy Schapp not too long ago on 60, not 60 minutes, but outside the lines. And he seemed like he was very upset about it. He, he claims he didn't know what it meant, um, which uh, whatever but he seemed like he was doing the right things. If you're going to do something and offend, he seems like he was, he's very, uh, he did, he just in the piece that I saw, unless he's world's greatest actor, he seemed like he was very much looking to be a better person because of this and, and make things right and become, uh, a, an advocate and, and learn. And so I, I walked away feeling, okay, this guy seems to have learned. Twitter seems to have different opinions. A lot of people are very upset about this, and I'm not going to tell anyone how to feel. Uh, I, you know, the Bucks are going to come out and and probably say something, and then Myers Leonard is going to be asked about it and, and say something too. So, is it worth going through all this hoopla just for a 10 day deal? You know, what's the long term future? I don't know, but he did sign with the Bucks on a 10 day. We'll see where it goes. 
Uh, I'm not I'm not the appropriate person to fire off a bunch of takes on this. Let's 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 just see how it goes. Hear from Myers. I would recommend watching the piece, um, but then also you know some people may never uh, move past it. And, and again, I can't tell anyone how to feel. So Myers Leonard is a buck, and uh, Giannis is going to be good to go. So I wanted to tack that on. Basically, I'm just here. I'm just tacking. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, well, I don't have opinions on this, but I want you to know my opinion is that I want you to know I don't have an opinion. I could have probably not even added this part to the show. I added no context to the conversation. Did I? Did I add context about anything? Not really. I am doing a victory lap that I was right about Giannis going to New York not being a big deal. So that's that's kind of what I did. All right, I'll be on with Bill, uh, not Bill Ryder. I'll be in for Bill Ryder. CBS Sports Radio today, new podcast dropping tomorrow. This time, have a good one.